Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hey everyone, it's episode uh, 72. Yeah, 72. Sorry, I had to think about it for a second. Um, and this week, I want to talk to you guys about something like romance. It's I mean, it's about romance, okay? But it's like romance adjacent, kind of. And you're going to be like, oh no, she's going to talk. No, what I want to talk about is soap operas. Okay, so you're probably going, Esther, why do you want to talk about soap operas? Well, here's the thing. So Adriana Herrera, I don't know how to say her name without not saying it like a Spanish person because I'm Spanish. So anyway, Adriana Herrera has a book coming out the end of June um, called One Week to Claim It All. It's a Harlequin Desire, I believe her first gorgeous fucking cover. Like the cover is Harlequin Desire, as I've already mentioned before, is doing the work to give us covers that are like stupid good stupid good like you're just like oh my goodness the beauty the wonder the joy um so harlequin desire is is you know is giving us giving us what we need in cover form so in the lead up to her release she has been doing um ig lives with people with other authors or um friends of hers um about soap operas and telenovelas so I tuned in to the most recent uh one on Friday where she was talking to Andy J. Christopher about passions. Now, if you have ever watched Passions, then you know exactly why I tuned in. If you've never watched Passions, you're gonna Google it and find some really wild clips. So as I was watching and listening to them talk, um it got me thinking about soap operas, um, the connection that I make in my mind to romance novels, and just like that whole world, and what I think, why I'm like still angry <laughs> a good decade later that about a slew of them were canceled for game shows and talk shows okay so i decided you know what i feel like this is the moment this is the time i i it's been on my mind i couldn't stop thinking about it so that's what i'm gonna talk to y'all about so some of you might be listening going esther i've never watched a soap opera a day in my life what the fuck does this have to do with romance okay hear me out i feel like soap operas right and when i say soap operas i'm speaking primary like when i say soap operas for myself i'm speaking about um soap operas on american television networks so abc cbs nbc um i never really watched any soap operas from the uk like i'd randomly catch an episode of oh is it east enders that was on when I was a teenager possibly um but I didn't get them with enough frequency that I like got invested in storylines um and then when I say telenovelas (laughs) I'm literally speaking about telenovelas from Latin America whether they be Mexican Colombian Venezuelan Brazilian and like in today's day and age like they're dubbing Turkish telenovelas and putting them on Univision and Telemundo but I will explain in a second why I sort of 
slice and dice them that way in my head, right? Wait, what was I saying before I started explaining that? Hmm. Look at that. Look at how thoughts just are are there. And then they leave. Like, they were there. And then they were like, bye, girl. See you later. Um... Oh, you're probably going like, what what does this have to do with romance? Here's the thing. Soap operas and telenovelas are about relationships, right? Both platonic and romantic. Uh, Telenovelas specifically, almost exclusively have happy endings. Uh, Rui actually was well known and became popular. It was popular because the actors that were in it, but one of the like big talking points about ruby um just spell r-u-b-i or why i don't remember um was that it that's i think the only one off the top of my head as a telenovela that didn't have a happy ending that actually did not end up with the two main characters either getting married or going off into the sunset together or having a you know basically living out what we see in epilogues and romance novels generally speaking especially standalones um so telenovela specifically i would say often and again i'm gonna say about 90 percent of the time end in happy ever after because telenovelas have an end date Right, and this is where I'm like, that's why I call it those are telenovelas, soap operas, daytime soap operas from ABC, NBC, and CBS. Never had an end date in mind, right? Some were canceled, and by some, a good chunk of them. But these soaps weren't created with an end date in mind. Telenovelas are created knowing the beginning, the middle, the end. Daytime soaps are just like, we began and then kept going and going. And not for weeks and not for months, but years, decades. So does that mean soap operas do not have happy endings? They do. But as is a little bit more true to life, uh, a couple that was doing real, real great finally got together. Everybody happy. Um, shit happens in life and shit falls apart. Now, there are what you would consider or what I, not you, I, sorry, friends, what I would consider long running sort of eternal uh, pairings. Andy had mentioned something about how passions had faded mates. And I'd actually never thought about the idea of faded mates in soap operas only because almost exclusively with the exception of two off the top of my head. And when I say exclusively, I mean of the ones that I watched. There were two that dealt with paranormal elements. The rest contemporary as can be. That being said... Soap operas have sometimes dabbled in things that you're like, ¿Qué es esto? Is this, is this the witchcraft? Is this demons? Is this, what is happening? Um, there's been, there have been a lot of things. Some of you may have at some point heard that Days in Our Lives at one point did a storyline where Marlena, a very popular character, was possessed by the goddamn devil. Yes, possession by the devil. In the soprapra, that aside from like the devil possession, was more or less contemporary. <laughs> um, so you might be like, "Well, how did listen?" It's 
it's wild out there. Um, and I loved it. Now, let me, let me, let me go, uh, let me go a little back to the beginning so that you, you can sort of, you know, meet me where I'm at now and not be all like, gay. So I don't remember when I first watched a soap opera. Um, my mom didn't like them. So I, unlike many people, did not sit and watch soap operas with my mom and my grandma and all that. Grandma was in another country. Mom wasn't into soaps. But at some point, I watched an episode. They came on at daytime, right? I either came home from school and caught something. I don't, I honestly have no idea when I first became. It must have been summer vacation. But I, I watched one um they would come on at 1 p.m well technically young and the restless uh was shown twice in toronto there was 12 30 to 1 30 with was it 12 30 to 1 30 no 12 30 to 1 oh now i'm blanking whatever there was it came on twice i don't remember the details because bold and the beautiful which was another this is CBS? Yeah, so Bold and Beautiful, Young and the Restless were CBS soaps. Bold and Beautiful has always been a half-hour format. Pretty much every other soap I could remember watching was an hour format. The only one that was half an hour was Bold and Beautiful. Anyway, 1 o'clock would roll around and I would watch all three. And I would I would flip channels like during commercial breaks, depending on which storyline I was more invested in. Um, but there was definitely a summer where I'm sure my mom was like tired of my teenage ass just sitting in the house from like one to five just what or one to four just watching soap operas like what is happening here and I was like but like there's three of them at one to two and then there's three more at two to three and then there's three more at or two more at three to four and how am I supposed to miss them and I'm sure she was just like I don't know go out and like do stuff and I was like go outside but people browse when I could just be watching so there were um I watched Days of Our Lives, One Life to Live, General Hospital, All My Children, As the World Turns, Bold and the Beautiful, Young and the Restless, Guiding Light, and Passions. I by the time I started watching Santa Barbara was off oh what was the one Santa Barbara was no longer definitely on. I briefly caught Poor Charles, but I think that was also more or less done by the time I really started watching soap operas. And I feel like there's another one I'm missing that was like, maybe I saw an episode or two and then I was like, ow. And I never saw it again. But I watched them. And what did I watch them for? The romance, right? The the love stories, seeing what couple would get with what couple, having characters that I wanted to, I, this would be like early fandom for me, like shipping this character with that character and getting mad at the writers because they broke them up or they didn't put them together. And what were they thinking? Did I have the vocabulary for all of this? Did I know? That's what I would, no idea. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, and interestingly, like romance, most of my friends weren't into soaps. So in many ways, reading romance and watching soaps when I was a teen was a solitary endeavor because of my friend group, I was the one that was into those things and my friends were kind of like weird. Like for a lot of my friends, soap operas were things that their grandmas watched and that was strange. And I was like, 
my grandma's in another country and like what um now telenovelas right the spanish ones growing up in toronto (laughs) canada um we did not have the same kind of spanish programming that you see here in the united states there was one tv channel called telemundo um which was actually an italian channel um so telemundo had i want to say maybe three to four hours of spanish programming for the day so there was a new show i think a morning show um so a news hour segment morning show and maybe two telenovelas and they were always like mad behind like um i don't remember which version of esmeralda that we got but like it had already like premiered and ended in the united states before we even got it in canada so i didn't really watch telenovelas until later towards the end of high school probably early 20s when we started to get a little bit more spanish programming um yeah it was like end of high school probably because i definitely did watch la usurpadora which i was reminded of because adriana herrera brought it up and i was like oh my god Gabriela Spanik and La Usurpadora, like, yo, that was bun. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. So these were, I loved watching these shows because I loved sort of the concepts, the ideas. And then by the time, early 20s, and I was working at H&M, I'd met people who were also really into soaps. So that sort of kept it going. 2009 comes along and now looking back I'm like oh right writer strike all that jazz all the networks are like we're canceling some soaps um so all my children gets canceled guiding light gets canceled one life to live gets canceled as the world turns gets canceled um and by that point passions had already ended I was heartbroken um not just heartbroken livid angry beyond pissed um i was still living in toronto but i was just like the fuck the fuck the fuck the fuck how can you do this how can you do this how can you do this and a lot of my thought process was for example guiding light debuted on radio in 1937 so here's the thing if guiding light had not been canceled if guiding light was still on the air today and we're just counting from radio to now. We're at like 80 something years, guys. 80 something. 82. To me, the idea of canceling something that had that depth of history seemed asinine, seemed annoying. And I think what also really bothered me is that these shows were canceled to then be replaced by talk shows and game shows right um and i'm pretty sure all of the talk shows that were introduced at least i think for canceled um well the talk is still there but like the two gone there was something else the revolution that was gone real quick and then it's game shows what so i was pissed 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 very very angry until this day i'm just like how could you now when Adriana and Andy were talking about um, soap operas and stuff, Adriana brought up a really good point, which I had always sort of thought about, but hadn't really vocalized. She mentioned how having soap operas, right, that have all these crazy banana pants storylines, but also introduce 
so many things that are of um that are popular in in the current cultural climate wait what was it she she said it better than i did because of course she did <laughs> she is a writer i am not um but she was basically talking about how like because soaps are pretty much the only format that you can really um touch on what's happening in society in that moment almost immediately right for other tv shows we're talking like you wrote a pilot and that's not airing for another like until fall season and all that jazz and like there's a lot more time at least for network television for you to be able to then get something on prime time that is referencing something else i mean the law and order franchise you know whatever does pull from the headlines quote-unquote but in many other ways right soaps were really the ones that did that kind of stuff and so by decimating the number of soaps that existed you took away that and by taking away that the issue becomes um people viewers are no longer able to emotionally connect with characters and therefore lose at least an avenue um a way of learning about characters unlike themselves and gaining empathy for characters unlike themselves um now before you're you're like esther subs weren't diverse like that girl what were you watching no i'm very much aware and i remember having conversations with one of my really good friends about the fact that like soap operas were you know dying out because they unlike romance at the time or it felt like to me weren't diversifying fast enough and well enough right um you had way too many soaps that literally were entirely cast with only white people and some of them it was like how similar to like how is it possible that you had friends in new york city and yet nobody of color is present in any part of the series um you had the same issue in soap operas right general hospitals set right outside of new york city and and they would randomly sprinkle in people of color but it just felt a little um bold in the beautiful is set in la and like whenever they didn't have a latino family there just weren't any latinos what and asians oof. east asians south asians it, i no none zero what how I mean, Days of Our Lives is set in Salem, Massachusetts. I've never been there. I don't know. Is it diverse, guys? No idea. So maybe Days of Our Lives could have been like, hey, guys, like we're sitting in a really, really white place. Um, General, Ho- not General Hospital, Young and the Brussels, I think it's supposed to be Genoa City, which is a made up city, I think, in Wisconsin. Again, don't know. Um, but it just seemed like. Why aren't we seeing more people that look like me, that look like my friends, that are diverse in terms of their sexuality? That being said, they did, like, you did see the soap operas be like, oh, okay, we're going to do this, right? Sammy's um son, is his name Michael as well? I don't remember the name of Sammy's kid. That's annoying. Um, But he was, I don't think he's on, on on the show anymore but he was gay though that's her son with lucas yes i'm pretty sure that's 
Lucas is his, Lucas is his father. Um, but you didn't, it felt to me, I remember thinking like, there was so much more that could have been done. It would have been so fascinating to see. Because again, to me, seeing, you know, all of these fascinating, I mean, I believe it was all my children and Susan Lucci's character, specifically Erica Kane, where it's like you really have conversation about abortion, right? Like, that's huge. Um, Bolton the Beautiful did do trans storyline. I don't think they did a great job of it. I will say that. Because it came out of left field and I was, I remember being like, wait, what? Um, But there's a part of me that thinks that if soaps had really awesome writers and were given the you know the ability to really go out there and get like get into the nitty-gritty you know of that kind of stuff like it would be really interesting to watch and to see and it would allow um people who might be like well I've never met someone who's of this background or this 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 to connect emotionally with characters and you might say, well, Usher, like, why do they need to have an emotional connection with someone to feel empathy? Girl, I don't know. I'm not them. But it does help people. It does help people understand in a way that just speaking about something doesn't. And in some ways, I think it's better that it is a fictional character as opposed to a real person having to excavate, you know, and 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 sort of pour out their lived experience uh, all of their trauma and be like see I'm real and I'm human and you should have empathy for me I was like that to me feels way shittier than having storylines that showcase um the diversity of people and relationships and abilities and sexualities and um mental health etc in a way that doesn't also then um, force an individual who is living that life to have to like sort of cut themselves and be like, I bleed like you too, kind of thing. If that makes sense. You might be like, yeah, no, I don't get it. Um, And then my very, okay, I'm going to put this out there. But one of my other thoughts um, was... By remove, there's always a sort of converse, or not always. I've heard the conversation of like how um, the United States, specifically, like American society, is so focused on the individual and individualism. Here's the thing: you take away soap operas which showcase a cast that is usually made up of different families and all the of that that's going on. Um, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, young people, babies, all the, you know, the gamut of human life kind of thing. And you replace it with people sitting around talking about something, right? Um, and not a lot of people or game shows where one person wins and everyone else loses. And that's all you then present people all day long. Why wouldn't that feed into the, this concept of like, it's all about me and me winning and what makes me happy and comfortable? Like, why wouldn't that then reinforce it in a very strange way? Um, I definitely, you know, 
had the thought of like, what would elections look like if we had the same amount or more soap operas that we did in the 90s and early 2000s? Um, What would the cultural landscape look like if we had soap operas having storylines about, you know, politics and, you know, like, what would it look like if we had soap operas that were tackling, you know, um, the, the gender construct, right? That we're tackling, you know, the, the spectrum of sexualities, that we're tackling, you know, protesting for civil rights, protesting to not be murdered in this. What would it look like if that was not just um, stuff that was happening in real life, but that was also being reflected in the quote-unquote art that we were consuming, right? I I wonder, right? Yes, there are books, but there are so many people that don't read. And not because they're dumb, they just aren't interested in reading. And that is okay. But if for people who aren't interested in reading, who really love watching, whether it is TV, movies, miniseries, what are we doing or not doing by not having all of these stories being portrayed? And some of you might say, Esther, we've got streaming at the wazoo. Valid. Very valid. Where there's a Netflix, there's a Hulu, there's a Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, HBO Max. Are they free? Do they come included in basic cable packages? If you live in areas where there is one internet provider who happens to be trash, can you stream these things? And are they free? No. So what does it mean... Netflix has really great programming if you live in an area where you can't access Netflix. And you might go, Esther, this is the United States of America. There is no place where you can't. Girl, don't lie to me. If Flint, Michigan still does not have water that you can drink from a tap, there are definitely places in this country where you cannot stream things. Either because you can't afford the internet or because... You can't afford the streaming package or both. So again, I say, what about in in many cases, you may have access to basic cable to satellite dish or rabbit ears or uh, stealing cable from your neighbor kind of thing. And all you get are game shows. All you get are talk shows. What are you seeing about the human experience when you're watching a talk show when you're watching five or six women sit around a table and talk about the same current events right if you're watching the view and the real and the talk and all of them are talking about the same five events but there's other stuff happening out there but that's all you're seeing or you're watching game shows where like one individual person is gonna get real lucky and everyone else is gonna go home probably empty-handed or maybe with a set of pots and pans i haven't watched in a while so maybe they've upgraded it to like a really really you know a uh, cheap cell phone general saying so all i'm saying is removing that kind of programming from daytime television 
probably has had a detrimental effect in that we, let me rephrase that, in that I see it as a removal of the opportunity to open up conversation, um, to open up, as some would say, discourse around discourse and dialogue, or maybe it's not discourse, maybe it's just dialogue around different topics, right? Because what would it look like if, you know, the soaps, all of them, if they were all back on and they were all dealing with the different things that we are seeing happening play out COVID-19, right? Protests, uh, civil unrest, you know, mass, you know, shootings. Like what does that look like? And what do we miss by not having it present? So though that, that was where my mind went with that. Now you might be like, okay, but I still am wondering like the romance and the bromance and the soaps and the what and the hot. So I also was thinking because sometimes my brain works, not always, but sometimes she is there. Um, American soap operas with their almost like ne- their literal never ending have always felt like a series to me, right? So you know how there are bromance series out there. Some of them are like hella intimidating, right? J.D. Robb is like, what, 40 books? Some nonsense like that. Um, a lot of my fave, Nalini's saying, a lot of people are like, girl, do you know how many books that is? Like, you you think I, I think Side Changeling, without including any novellas, is already at 20 books when um, Last Guard comes out. That seems like a lot. You know what also seems like a lot? The idea the mere idea of watching all of Guide and Light from the beginning. Now, here's the thing. No one ever really did that. Well, I mean, someone who might have been born in 1915 might have started listening to Guide and Light on the radio and maybe would have been, and if they didn't die until 2010, would have been there for a 10. <laughs> um, you're like, oh, damn, it's the, just a thought. But what I think is, like, um, the way I connected in my mind, at least, is that soap operas, like really long series, um, are there to give us, like, a lot of choices almost, which again, can seem very overwhelming, but like, you don't have to necessarily read everything. You can also pick and choose. So you can start at a certain point in time. Like, you might today be like, you know what? I'm I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch Young and the Wrestles. Are you going to be a little bit lost when you start watching it? Yeah. But the beauty of the way it's set up is that you're going to start to get invested with whatever characters are on the screen. And at from this point forward, you're going to be like, oh. What kind of craziness is happening? Now, I haven't watched soap operas in probably since I moved. Because once I moved here, I didn't have access to regular cable. Um, At that time, no one was streaming nothing. And by the time they were streaming, I hadn't watched it in so long. I will randomly, like, just, like, on Twitter be like, I wonder I wonder what, like, the latest is. Or what, what's going on here, there. And some things are like, what? Oh, and what I was speaking about. 
back to another point. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This one's going to be kind of just jointed because my mind is just like, oh, doping, massive, oh. And like, you know, um, those murder boards. Is it a sunny, always sunny in Philadelphia give where the guy's got like all the strings going everywhere and he's anyway, that's how I feel about this. Um, So I never really considered this idea of like faded mates when I thought about soap opera characters. But if we think about some of the couples in American soap operas that have been forever couples yes they'll break up and yes they'll get back together and you know this we all know this it is very clear if you are a watcher that these people will break up and get back together break up and get back together break up and get, you know like a fucking like rap not the rabbit a hamster on a hamster wheel um and most soap operas had sort of like their core or their top power couple maybe or lead couple i don't know what a good term is for it young of the restless um victor newman and oh my god nikki but what was her last name whatever victor and nikki uh do you know the amount of times that them motherfuckers have broken up and got them back together and the idea that like a quote-unquote end game for those two would not be the two of them together is like ludicrous almost you're just like oh what no anyway um if we look at days of our lives john and marlena the idea that john and marlena wouldn't ultimately be together if days ever ends is like what like it doesn't mean that john and marlena haven't been with other people i mean stefano's sister played by the same actress who was on Young and the Restless, was crazy about John. And yet it never worked out because you knew that John and Marlene and he were always going to be together. Um, uh, Bold and Beautiful. Really, the idea of Ridge and Burke not being together. Now, here's the thing where it gets real interesting. That always works when both actors are the same. When an actor is recast, and soap operas do this all the time, that doesn't always work. Because sometimes the recasted actor does not have the same chemistry with the uh, the their other half. And then it doesn't work. Bold and the Beautiful recast Rich, right? And for me personally, nah. Nah. He can be with someone else. She can be with someone else, right? Uh, and that was always a weird, like, it was like, Brooke Ridge, um, and what's her face? Taylor, and all that nonsense. Um, but there is this idea that there are certain pairings that you sort of see them as set in stone. And it's really hard to, you know, not have them set in stone or to change that. Uh, General Hospital, Sunny and Carly. Now, Laura Wright is a wonderful actress. And I believe she came from either, did she come from Guiding Light or did she come from One Life to Live? She came from one of those two. Love her. Her and Sunny, right? Sunny Catherinthos, who's played by Maurice Bernard and has always been played by Maurice Bernard. To me, they're better as friends. He, Sunny and Carly, when Carly was played by both Sandra Brown and Tamara Braun, yes. All day, forever, fuck yeah. Laura Wright is not really working for me and hasn't really ever. There are moments where I'm like, oh, okay, maybe. And then I'm like, nah. Jason and Sam, right? And interest. here's the interesting part, though. Jason, 
who was originally played by Steve Burton. Steve Burton left, went to Young and the Restless, and Jason, the character of Jason, was recast. I don't know this actor's name, but he has basically... He's never originated a role. He's always come in as a recast. He was a Billy recast on Young and the Restless. Um, and then... Um, a Jason recast on General Hospital. Him and Sam did work, and that was fine. And then C. Burton came back, and so he reprised the role of... It was weird. Then it was like Jason as the new actor Jason wasn't actually Jason he was like his because soap operas will do that also when it when it, it when they decide that they want to they'll be like this person who we said was this person is actually a clone of that person is actually a missing twin of that person is actually um another a half sibling separated at birth and you're just sitting there like really though but you just said, oh, yeah, no, we know, we know, we know we said that that was that person, but it's not because that person is actually back um, from the dead or from being frozen or from having amnesia or from, you know, and really the only time that that ever changes where it's like there is no recasting there is is if the actor playing the role, usually it's the actor who originated the role passes away um, on one life to live when the actor who played asa buchanan passed away asa buchanan passed away had the actor who played asa wanted to just you know retire they would have recast in 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 12 seconds and kept it moving but that the actor passed away and so therefore asa passed away and in that in that case when the actor has passed there is no recasting this act this character is gone which i do appreciate that it's not like uh we know they're dead but anyway on to the next it's like no like when the actor who played stefano Demera uh on days of our lives and he also played massimo i'm forgetting his last name on bolt and the beautiful when the actor passed away stefano was gone and there will be no more Stefano. Of course, Stefano lives on through his children and their machinations. And the Demeros are there. But now we're on to a sort of a new generation. So there is something, I don't know, for me really, really sort of fascinating about thinking of soaps as like long running series of, you know, and you're seeing like, all of the tension and the drama and the, you know, all of it just, like, happening. Um, and I think on the IG Live, they also mentioned how, like, reality, t- reality TV has sort of taken the place. Except I don't like reality TV. It bothers me. And I think part of why it bothers me is, like, this is supposed to be people's real lives, but it's also scripted. And I'm just like, I'd rather just watch something fully scripted with actors instead of people pretending that this is their actual life when it's not that i'm just like gross and that's for me right personally i'm just like it's not i don't really uh, i don't know maybe that'll change at some point but as of right now boo don't like um zero out of ten do not recommend um now telenovelas actually i'm gonna pause here i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna talk about telenovelas okay okay i'll be right back Okay, so telenovelas, right? So if soap operas for me are like a really long romance series, 
than where you're not, you know, that hasn't ended. So you're not even sure, like, well, what will the end end look like? Um, And you might be like, well, exactly, you know, just go with me there. Telenovelas for me are more like two, three, even up to maybe five book um, sort of series or duos, trilogies, whatever, quartets, in that there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end. Now, some of you are thinking, oh, the same couple for all three books, two books, four books, five books. I personally find that aggravating. But when we think of specifically, you know, Latin American telenovelas, in many cases, yes, it is. Think of it as the main couple with supporting characters, maybe having a romance arc as well. Now, as I had mentioned, um, in Toronto, we didn't get that much Spanish programming. And so there wasn't like a ton of Spanish soap operas that I saw growing up. Now, one of the big ones that I definitely remember and was obsessed with was La Usurpadora um, with Gabriela Spanik. Now, it's two twins separated at birth. One's good, one's not so good. And I believe one grows up with money, the other one does not, if I recall correctly. It was crazy. Now, what I always thought was really interesting, because because I liked English soap operas, right? Then, of course, I was like, I'm going to watch the Spanish ones, too. Like, duh. Um, and what I thought was really interesting was the fact that the Spanish ones did have an ending. Like, there wasn't this idea of, like, we're going to start and we're just going to go until someone pulls the plug. It was like, no, 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 no. There's going to be a certain number of episodes. And everything is going to be resolved by the end. And like I said earlier, almost 97% of the time, happily ever after, the main couple is going to be together. Or like they're, they're going to be together or they're going to get married. They're going to have a baby. Like together. Um, and Ruby, I think for at least for me, from my knowledge, was like the only one that didn't do. And I think that's why I don't even think we got Ruby and by the time we did, I knew that it didn't end in a happily, happy ending. So I didn't watch it. And I think I might not have been like a huge fan of the main actress. So I was like, whatever. Don't need to watch it. It's fine. They don't end up together. Why would I waste my time? Um, and That's not what I like. I like it when they end up together. Because that is what they want. This is what they're rooting for. Now, um, telenovelas, of course also like soap operas and romance novels have you know so much going on um in them there's telenovelas about um drug cartels uh la reina del sur with kate del castillo um who is like a well-known telenovela actress like that's about a woman and like the drug cartel i will say the drug cartel telenovelas their idea of a happy their idea of a happy ending may be a bit different um because if i recall i don't think i ever watched the end but if i recall correctly la reina del sur she she's alive which is really great because you know drug cartels and all that jazz like you you know death um but she doesn't i don't think her partner like the guy makes it so you know, just putting that out there in case you're like yo esther i went and i watched and motherfucker died so you lied no guys no guys i'm saying you know but others like 
like in la usurpadora uh esmeralda i'm blanking on all their names now because of course i am like (laughs) but there are so many so many options right because telenovelas were also coming from different like soap operas you know american soap operas are three networks and that's it nbc abc cbs Telenovelas are coming out of different countries, right? The telenovelas coming from the Mexican production companies, the Venezuelan production companies, the Colombian production companies, you know, and then uh, of course Brazil, right? Which for Spanish speaking audience, you just have to dub it and then you're you're good to go. So the breadth of them is, you know, actually kind of fantastic. Uh, and of course there's like like in romance, you've got paranormal ones, right? Uh, well, are they paranormal or am I making that up? Actually, I'm going to look this up. Because now that I'm thinking about it, soap operas had, like, poor Charles had vampires. And, like, the care the actress who plays Sam on General Hospital played, like, a different character on poor Charles. And, like, poor Charles in General Hospital were like sister soaps as if they were set in the same city. General Hospital is set in the city of Fort Charles. And yet General Hospital didn't touch really, or that I can recall, on the vampire storyline until the actor who plays, who played John McBain, I believe, did he play John McBain on My Life to Live? Yes. And then he came to General Hospital because after all that jazz, when One Life to Live gets canceled, but everyone's like, but we still love this actor. He then comes to General Hospital, but he had been on Poor Charles playing a guy who had been a vampire. It gets wild. Um, you're probably like, what did you just say? Like, what word soup salad? What? What? Exactly. And then Passions. I realized I just talked all about all of them soaps and didn't really bring up the fact that Passions was like about the fight between good and evil. There was a way she had a living doll. Um, who's played by a dwarf actor who passed away, sadly. Um, and like that was that was, you know, cray cray. Um, but I don't remember if um there were telenovelas that um were paranormal. But definitely contemporary, you know, set in any random set in Miami or set in Mexico City or, you know, just set in um different cities um and or they were set in the countryside right because someone had a ranch um a spread you know cattle whatever farm yada yada or historicals for sure there were um telenovelas that were historicals i'm gonna look at all telenovela shows on google see what comes up (gasps) corazón salvaje i forgot God about that one and that was set um did I watch or did I just hear about Corazón Salvaje because there were some soap operas that I just again growing up in Canada only really heard about like randomly like um but never actually got to watch oh Ruby is spelled with an I found it oh my goodness this list okay so Corazón Salvaje um the blurb is a telenovela that dramatizes the romance and rivalries between two brothers and two sisters in Mexico in the early 1900s, right? La Usurpadora, um, which 
as I've already mentioned, amazing. Rebelde. I didn't watch Rebelde. I vaguely remember hearing about it, but I didn't watch it. Ruby. Um, which I was like, okay, girl, bye. Teresa. I vaguely remember this, but I didn't watch it. Pasión de Gavilanes. Okay. This is the story of the Reyes brothers, three honest and good-natured men, until the day a shocking and unforgettable tragedy uh, basically changes their lives. La Fea Mas Bella. This ran from 2006 to 2007, and I don't remember if that is the precursor to Ugly Betty, Betty La Fea. I believe it is, because Ugly Betty is based on the Spanish um, telenovela. And I'm pretty sure it's La Fea Mabella. And her name was Betty and her nickname was Betty La Fea. I'm pretty sure that that's... Hmm. Now I'm like, am I wrong? Perhaps. La Reina del Sur, like I mentioned. Um, where Kate del Castillo is the cartel leader and she doesn't die. Marimad. I heard about Marimad. And if you know Talia Soti, the singer who's married to Tommy Matola, same woman. Because um, she was an actress. Uh, Marimad is a poor, young, innocent girl who lives with her grandparents in a hut on the beach by the ocean. And then, of course, she falls in love with Sergio, the son of a wealthy farmer. Never watched that one. I remember hearing about it. Triunfo del Amor. I don't recognize this one. El Manantial, tampoco. La Patrona. (gasps) I remember La Patrona. It had a Racelia Rambula. Um, Basically, she returns to the town to, like, go after all the people who have wronged her. Um, And, like, they don't recognize her because she's older. It's great. Um... What other... Oh, El Clon. El Clon, guys. Okay, El Clon. Literally, the translation is The Clone. Yo, that was Bananas Bonkers. Um, because it's about, like, this guy who is, like, cloned. Like, yeah. Like, you're probably like, wait, what? And I'm like, hold on. I want to find... Come on, come on, come on. I like how I click on something and it doesn't take me immediately to, like, the blurb about it. And I'm like, pero what were you thinking? Google, you feel me? Okay, I don't know where it went. And then, La Casa de Al Lado, I vaguely remember that. But yes, there were, you know, and those were like, a lot of those uh, that I've just listed are some of the Mexican ones, right? I'm not even talking about, you know, some of the... um, Colombian ones Uh, and so in the case of telenovelas right similar to how you have um a full-length you know romance or a series a smaller series a duo a trio a quartet or whatever five books you have this main couple which is usually your main focus and then you do have like romance arcs for some of the other characters and of course there's villains and you know or antagonists or whatever uh now what i've the other thing that i think is really interesting to touch upon spanish the the telenovelas often the villains were irredeemable 
These are not people you can redeem. Um, and they're and you know, the show ends with them, you know, going to prison, dying, losing everything because they are never portrayed as characters who are misunderstood. No, they're just bad people, straight up, right? Soap operas, the American ones. If you've got characters that are on for you know seventeen seasons. Can you really be evil for 17 seasons? Yeah, sure. There are definitely, there were characters, Stefano Damaris' character. Like, there was really never a time where you were like, Stefano's not bad. Stefano was like hot garbage the whole time. Right? But there were other characters that I would say, like, are morally gray, like Phyllis from Young and the Restless. Phyllis did some, some foul, foul shit. And yet, I love her. And I love her with Nick Newman. Hell yeah. Um, Sharon, on the other hand, is one of the Sharon from Young and the Restless and Elizabeth from General Hospital are the I don't like them because they're like, we're good people. You still fuck up, make mistakes, hurt people, cheat, but you act like you're somehow morally superior to everyone. Huh? But anyway, I digress. Oh, my God. My roommate's cat is like, she's not here and you're here. So why aren't you playing with me? Because I'm busy, boo. Because I'm busy. So telenovelas, you're really focusing on one specific couple. um, And you're not really, you know, it's not going on and on and on. It it, it literally is like, I don't know, we've got this many episodes and then we are done. um, Because we're not just going to be here forever. Um, And even there, I think that like, what similar to what I was saying about um regular soaps, you're again able to see scenarios and character arcs and stories that can really sort of showcase so much about life. I feel like in some ways a lot of the cartel telenovelas, for example, really sort of gave um people who don't didn't know or didn't understand what cartel life could even look like, like ideas of what it, you know, could mean. Or I think that sometimes it's easy to be like, oh, why are they living that life? Then you watch, you know, telenovela where it's like, what other options were there? Their whole village was, you know, almost conscripted into this kind of work. Like, and then it's like, oh, okay. But for some people, it's like seeing that happen through the eyes of characters that they enjoyed. That's when they're like, ah, yes. It makes sense to me now. But without that, they'd just be like, I don't get it. Uh, I'm not, I uh, I don't understand. And so I definitely, you know, like telenovelas haven't gone anywhere. And you're going to also be like Esther. But I feel like K-dramas, right, are just like Korean telenovelas. But like, obviously we don't call them that. We call them K-dramas. But, you know, I think about like, Chloe crash landing on you, which right has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and like there is a happily ever after. Now, the main couple in telenovelas, right? It's the main couple that gets a happily ever is guaranteed usually a happily ever after. When you may not necessarily get a happily ever after for all of your secondary characters, there may be like you know to add the drama. There may be characters that don't make it. Um, and some of them are good, some of them are bad. You know, you're. Ne- I was never upset when like the bad ones died. It was just like, finally, 
this person who's been hot garbage this whole time is finally dead or you know or is uh in prison or has lost everything and is homeless and on the street because there were some characters that oh were just how do i put this horrible horrible um and so for me personally um i like I like it now. Here's where it gets a bit where you're gonna be like, Esther, really. I really like soap operas and whatnot. Um, romantic movies, eh, I can usually leave them. <laughs> like, I'm just like, no. And I think it's because, at least in a show, you can develop a lot more than you can in a two hour movie. Um, so I would rather it be a show. And you're probably gonna be like, so you watched Bridger? I didn't. I watched the first episode. I was kind of like, okay, I mean, beautiful gowns, right? Beautiful gowns. Did I want to continue watching? I didn't. And that's okay, right? You know, we, we can't all want, oh, I'm looking up novellas from like the year 2000 and some of these. And oh, if any of you've watched Jane the Virgin, Jane, the character who plays Jane's father is an actual telenovela, uh, like superstar or whatever. And he's in like so many, you know, telenovelas. And I'm saying that because I just saw his face in Mi Destino Eres Tu. Um, he was in that one. And it's interesting to see like the actors who were like at their peak in the 2000s, who are now like early 2000s, who are now, you know, starting, you know, playing older older characters because you know oh no there was yo soy betty la fea that was 1999 so ugly betty is based on that so then the other one i mentioned um because that was 2006 probably was off the strength of yo soy betty la fea what is this one ramona that was a historical one as well um and so like because I would say there are like there are no historical soap operas, which would be, I was gonna say fascinating, but it would probably be really grim, or would just take so much license with history that we would all just be annoyed, right? Because if it was like historical set in the U.S., hmm, 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 um, it would go back to what I was talking about when I was talking about historicals, and like <laughs> if we're gonna ignore all the like atrocities happening. Uh, know if it's gonna work um so maybe not maybe not historicals but there uh and i don't really you know outside of fashions in port charles i don't recall there being a lot of paranormal um sort of soap operas but imagine there was soap operas about like vampires <sighs> not saying i want this but what if twilight was turned into just like a soap opera series so vampires who sparkle like diamonds and live in fucking Washington. Imagine. Now there's a whole movie and whatever that would no. But think of like some of your favorite um romance novels and imagine if a soap opera was created so you got to be in that universe. Um and maybe not with your favorite characters because that might, you know, might not just it might not be well done but like if you could be in that world maybe after your favorite characters or before and sort of seeing you know what that like looks like um 
these are just things that I question because I think that soap, like at least for me personally, soap operas and telenovelas are the closest to romance novels. Um, Also get really bad rap like romance novels. Um, And don't get me wrong. Yes, sometimes the acting is garbage, but also the amount of work like soap operas specifically more so than telenovelas you're talking about filming with just breaks for like summer for to produce content for episodes five days a week for god only knows how many weeks of the year you know what i mean like that is like wild like straight up just like what like how like if you really like think about it you know like if you stop and you're probably hearing me touching on the ipad (laughs) sorry friends but i'm looking at how many episodes in a soap season there we go around 200 or more did you hear that friends 200 or more 200 200 um because they are airing episodes five days a week almost every week with you know and when i say a break in the summer i don't mean a break in filming and airing I mean that the bigger, the the top tier actors would have a summer break, which is why you would then see like teen storylines and they would become front burner because like your big name actors, aka Victor Newman, you know, Sonny Corinthos, et cetera, et cetera, you know, Luke from General Hospital, these actors would be going on their summer break. So obviously you would need to fill um, with others. So... Now imagine, now imagine, like, having, you know, some of your favorite, like, romances that would work in this kind of a format, just being on TV, just being there, and you're able to, like, and yes, I do definitely understand, like, but it's, it is so overwhelming, sure, but like also really cool and then think of how in depth you could get with certain storylines and really you know create commentary on what is going on by being able to go so in depth because you have that space right you're not like oh no we only got 13 episodes and so therefore we have to you know trim and cut away the fat, the extraneous, the, you know, just be very, very, very surgically direct. You got 200 episodes. You, you know, I mean, don't bloat and just be gross, but think of what could be done and think of how that would like just impact the discourse, the culture. If we got to see that, um, on our screens as many of them as we have 
Um, you're probably like, oh my God, Esther. I'm just saying, like, and here's the thing. You don't even have to do like soap operas, never ending. Do it like telenovelas, right? Have a beginning, middle, and end. But, you know, instead of it being like two seasons, 13 episodes long, aka 26 episodes, do one season, but do 90 episodes and release them even if like what if you release things three times a week because one once a week at 90 weeks well at 90 episodes gets you about shit i can't do math is that half the year or a third of the year a third of the year no 90 that's two years sorry guys I was thinking 365 days. I was like, oh. And I was like, no, it's only 52 weeks. So if you did an episode a week and had 90, then uh, me doing math aloud, gross. But if you did like three episodes a week, because I feel like that would be cool to do it like that, like weekly releasing instead of like binge model. But I digress. I just think that personally that soap operas telenovelas are fascinating um and if you love romance novels and you've never watched soaps or telenovelas give them a try i say give them a try because you might find that you like them um now i'm just wondering like what would it look like to have like really diverse soap operas and telenovelas like really like really go there oh maybe one day guys maybe 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 we'll get lucky all right i think i think that's all the thought i'm sure i have more thoughts but this is where i'm gonna pause or stop um i may come back another day with other thoughts but for today the wildness that is in my head that you know spewed out is going to is going to end um and i'll be right back with gratitude attitude okay for gratitude attitude uh this week so the where i work my day job um they gave us friday before Memorial Day off as well as sort of like, hey guys, you've been working this entire pandemic and it has been crazy and uh, mental health might 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 have taken a bit of a a bit of a, a blip a bit of a a downward downward bloop. Uh, so here's a day to you know just relax and recharge. A part of me willing to be like, really, really one day after the hell that we've gone through. But you know what? Let me not look a gift horse in the mouth um and so i took the day and it was glorious um, and by I took the day i mean like the office was closed. like we could not work which was great um so that's one thing that i was like praise jesus praise you know the universe the galaxies um because thank you the next thing that i'm hella grateful for so guys um i really love getting my nails done i wear acrylics in the stiletto shape if you're like what is that the pointy shape that they look like like claws yes i call them claws i love them 
Anyway, I just got a new set done with lots of like um, sparkly stones or whatever. And I am in love. I love. And I, I'm so grateful that I am able to do this because I love it. Like it makes me feel so fucking good. Like, ugh, yes. Yeah. Like I feel, I feel just ugh, amazing. So yeah, that. And then the third thing I'm grateful for. So this weekend has been a bit of a wash. And I say that in the sense that like it, it rained third Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And the rain is just like, I'm here. Did you miss me? How do you feel? And I'm just like, gross. But you know what? What is really wonderful on cold rainy days? Um, I have this chai mix from Trader Joe's. So hot chai. And my warm, cozy throw while I just like, you know, contemplate life. Ugh. The combination of warm, cozy throw and hot beverage, unbeatable, unbeatable. So that, you know, considering what this weekend was like, has been wonderful, truly, honestly. Um when you're listening to this episode if you're listening on monday it is memorial day um so i will you know be enjoying an additional day off um if you're listening after memorial day then well you know the day passed it was monday um but yeah those are the three things uh that i'm grateful for this week uh also thank you guys again for listening um to me and my craziness and my you know <laughs> my weird disjointed thoughts about soap paparas and how not having them may have led to the fact that people you know are a little too focused on the individual and aren't empath- empathetic i'm i'm just spitballing guys i'm just spitballing um but yes thank you guys so much for listening i hope you have a wonderful week um if it's warm where you are wonderful if it's not warm where you are i hope you have a cozy throw to keep you warm because cozy throws and when i say cozy i mean you know those throws that are like a little bit fleecy or like a little bit maybe have sharp on the inside or something they're just they're warm they're warm they feel like a warm hug um perfect for you know poopy weather so take care be great um I mean, or you don't have to. You can just be like, I started not this week. I'm tired. In which case, rest. Um, and, ooh, if you're able to take daytime naps, do it. Do it. Do it. I often don't nap because I'm just like, whatever. But a part of me is like, I should schedule naps because this is actually kind of fun. Especially during the day. There's just something so delicious about just being like, mm, it's daytime nap like i know children hate naps and i every time i see a kid kind of be like i don't want to nap i'm like you have no idea how much you're going to miss that this is socially acceptable for you until you're an adult and you 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 got all this other stuff going on and you're gonna be very very sad that you can't just nap when have scheduled nap time um so i'm just saying you know schedule nap anyway Let me let you guys go and I will speak to y'all next week. Bye.